Hello, and welcome to the Rare and Remarkable podcast from RR Auction. My name is Kathleen Palmer, and with me as always, or I'm with him as always, is Bobby Livingston. And today we are going to be talking with Monty A. Melnick, who was uh, in the enviable position of being tour manager for punk pioneers, the Ramones. And uh, we are fortunate to be curating uh, an incredible collection of items of his that were in the Grammy Museum, uh, an exhibit recently. Uh, He also wrote a cool book about his experience uh, on the road with the Ramones. And Bobby has quite a uh, storied history with Monty, uh, do you not, sir? Well, RR Auction does. Um, Before I worked at RR Auction, the Ramones were our clients. They would buy autographed pictures from us. And uh, Monty, I don't know if this is correct, but you would drive them, is that correct? You would drive them to our offices to, to buy uh, to buy baseball signed pictures? Is that true? Uh, I think maybe once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard the story. For us, it was a legendary story. You know, it might have been once. But the, the way I heard it was, you know, the, the Ramones all would come in and go through the things that we had for sale. And... Uh, you would sit. You sat out in the the white van, and because you wouldn't give Joey any money, I think he had to go out there and ask you for for money. Does that sound like a a true story? Yeah, that sounds good enough. It'll go. <laughs> it'll go from, into my next book. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I do know for a fact that anytime the Ramones were in the Northeast in Boston, um, they would invite my fellow employees to the show and, and backstage, uh, the Ramones, uh, Kath, I don't know if you know this, but they didn't want to talk about their music or anything. They want to talk about their collections, their baseball card collections and things. <laughs> and, and Monty, you know, John, Johnny, yeah. Johnny was a big, big baseball card collector and, uh, not card, but just memorabilia from baseball. He was, he had, a, I think he had one of the biggest collections in the United States, um, a baseball memorabilia and collection, autographed pictures and stuff. Yeah, he sold his at auction, I think, at Heritage Auction uh, years ago, um, and they did really well for him. Um, So, but you have, (laughs) you're also a collector, obviously. I went down to your apartment, and you just had so much stuff. Uh, Well, it's more more of a hoarder than a collector. (laughs) I was I was just lucky. I stuck. I I had all the stuff. I stuck it in a room and just forgot about it. And and all of a sudden, you know, the Ramones is bigger than ever now. So. <laughs> there, I opened up the room, and there, there was the stuff there, you know. Well, the last time I saw you, Monty, just to give uh, everyone an idea of that, what you had. I last time I saw you was at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, where there was a great installation of Ramones materials, and uh, a lot of that belonged to you. And that's a lot of what we're selling. Yeah, the the um, it started in the Queens Museum. It was called. Uh, Hey, ho, let's go. The Ramones and the birth of punk. Uh, it was a big exhibit there. We had four or five rooms there. There was like four or 500 pieces. I had about 170 pieces in that. Then it went from there. The Grammy museum got involved. It went to LA. It was a little smaller room, but a lot of my pieces went to that too. So, uh, that was the exhibit. Well, it gives the items a great pedigree, obviously. You know, provenance is so important. But the fact that you sp- <laughs> you spent all those decades uh, with the Ramones on the road all the time. when it, You only missed, like, a few shows of their career. Is that correct? Yeah, I missed a couple in the beginning of the, their career. There uh, A few here, a few there. But I'd say I was about 200 to over 2,200 shows with them. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. 
now, Monty, we we got a lot of posters. Kath will tell you in the it, you know who was doing all this artwork the whole time you guys were on tour. It's just incredible amount of variety of posters uh, from all over the world. Yeah, it's amazing what people you know, different countries, different cities uh, that each uh, promoter do a different poster. And, you know, they're all different. It's amazing. The artwork on some of these posters is incredible. Now, how much did Arturo Vega do? Did he do any of the, the tour posters or mostly just the logo Well, he designed the logo. Yeah. Uh, Ramon's logo. There's one poster in there that's the CBGB's poster, the, the, the X, the big X. And mm-hmm. He designed that poster. Oh. Most of the poster, all the other posters basically were done by promoters of each country, each show. They're beautiful. City. They really are. When when the Queen when when I put the posters in the Queen's Museum, they took them and they straightened out a lot of posters. They you know they they professionally straightened them, and then when we went to the Grand Museum, they uh, framed a bunch of them. So it's, there's some really nice pieces there, uh, straightened and framed. Uh, you know, those collectibles. And some of that still has the Grammy labeling on it, right? The museum labels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the shipping. You know, when they shipped it back to me, yeah. they put the label on to make sure that the right stuff in the right package and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of them are autographed. Um, did did the Ramones autograph those in person at shows, or were they selling those? I mean, I, it's it's pretty amazing. No, they. What I do is, like after each show, I get a bunch of posters and I bring them backstage and sign a bunch of them and give them to, to the band and myself and and they keep them. Uh, they, they didn't sell those, no. Wow. So I. So these are one until, of a kind. Until, until now. Yeah. Until now. <laughs> now why? You know why now? Why? Uh, have you decided to sell your collection now? Well, I mean, with, the, the, with that show that went to the Grammy Museum and the, uh, the Ramones just get, keep on getting bigger and bigger. I mean, uh, my, my, my line now is if the Ramones were this big when I was working for them, I would have got a big raise. You know? <laughs> I mean, they're huge. You know, they, of course, you know, Johnny died, Dee Dee died, Joey died. Uh, Tommy died. You know, that's uh, it's a shame what happened to them, but that, you know, put some, and they keep on releasing albums out, and uh, they have once a year. Mickey has a show in New York for his brother, and the, um, Johnny's wife has a, a big uh, service memorial show in L.A. for Johnny. So it, the Ramones just keep on putting, you know, their names out there. I mean, they're, they're into TV commercials now more than ever, and the Pelton commercial. I know if you heard that one, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain has it. Hey ho, let's go on it, and. It's, uh, they just keep on getting bigger and bigger. So, you know, uh, luckily I just had this, I just put all this stuff in a room and I never threw it out, thank goodness, you know. It pays to be a hoarder sometimes. Well, it's also, we just had last year was the 40th anniversary of the, the debut album. So it's, yeah, uh, it's yeah, a good yeah. time to remember their incredible legacy in the world of music. Well, so. you can't go anywhere in the world and not see a little kid wearing a Ramon shirt. Like, no, I mean, it, it's it's just impossible. They're everywhere. You spent all those years on the road with them, and, you know, they were never that successful, were they? No, I mean, that, that, as I said, they're bigger now than they were when they were together. They're huge now. No, they 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 were basically. I mean, they couldn't really get uh, enough radio play in the United States. They were big in you know Europe and stuff like that, but uh, the United States they weren't big on the radio. So they were basically a, to- a touring band. That's where they made their bread and butter. And uh, of course, they sold a lot of merchandise on the sh- and you know uh, the T-shirts on the road 
for them was their bread and butter and then playing uh, uh, how to keep on playing uh, concerts to stay, stay out there. You know, did they ever appreciate their own memorabilia and, and, there are things because I know you know we handled as you know we handled Joey's estate, and I asked you know where's you know Joey's uh, leather jackets and uh, jeans from the seventies and Mick, Mickey Mickey's brother has a lot of his Joey stuff and he of course he did a lot of stuff with you guys uh, he he's had a few auctions with you um, Linda's got a bunch of stuff in her house and uh, you know uh, and the, you know my collection and stuff like that. Uh, and I mean, you know, there's the one. There's one place in the world. There's the Ramones Museum. You know where that is, right, Bob? No, where is that? For Berlin. There's a Ramones Museum in Berlin. It should be here in the United States, but this big, huge collector and fan decided to open up a Ramones Museum. It's been there for a number of years, like ten years or so. It's really great. If you ever get to Berlin, go visit. It's it's amazing. I, I will. Um, you know, w- w- one of the things that I'm, we're grateful for, though, Monty, that you are a hoarder is that you've captured a, a time period uh, quite concisely of, of the entire career of the Ramones that I don't think would be in one place if you uh, weren't hoarding these things. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite things that was exhibited at the Grammy Museum um, that you own is that Zippy the Pinhead dress. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's that's nice. Yeah, that that was uh, designed after Bill Griffith and, and Zippy and, and the Freaks movie with the pinheads. And yeah, that's that's the we had a few of those, but they they wore out, and we threw out the old ones. And that was the last one left, so I grabbed it. <laughs> it's one of those things that's just amazing that exists. Now, where's the Zippy the pinhead mask? Do you what happened to that? Well, here's the thing. I want to get Eddie Vedder. He's got the mask and he's got the sign. So. Eddie, if you're out there listening to this podcast, here's your chance to get the whole the look, you know, the, the, the mask, the dress, and the sign. He's got the mask and the sign, so here's the dress, you know. He actually did that once. He came out on stage. <laughs> that was a popular thing for people to do. They wanted to be, they wanted to come out at the end of the show, put on the mask, and jump out on stage and jump around, and he did that once. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. G- gave gave uh, Rody Mitch... Keller a, a break there with somebody else uh, yeah. wearing the stuff. He was happy. <laughs> I, I did it once. The, the, the only time I did it was with Mitch. He, uh, we had these stage fans on the side of the stage, and he right at the end of the show, he cut his hand. <gasps> like, he went to the hospital. There's nobody around, so I put the mask on. I ran out once. Boy, that mask stunk. I said, I'm never <laughs> doing that again. So I did it once. <laughs> Was that the was that your most bizarre experience, or what? What was the most bizarre thing that ever happened when you for you, Monty, when you were out on tour with those guys? Oh my God! I mean, there's, there's so many things. I mean, that's why I wrote a book. There's so many like crazy experiences. I really can't. Okay, know. pick three. There's so many of them. <laughs> I don't know. You know, with, uh, well, in Spain we played a bull ring, and we I had to go uh, advance it uh, before the show. We went back to the pens, and we were looking down, and when I my sunglasses fell into the bullpen down there with them on the bull, bulls. And that was pretty crazy. I had to get, go down there and get my glasses out of the crazy bulls down there. And also during the show, you know, we also, we like to have like security in front of the stage. We would have big, you know, barriers and security in front of the stage. So I said, promote, you know, put some security in front of the stage. So right before the show, they, they marched the freaking uh, military out with like machine guns in front of the stage as, as guards. That was weird. Nobody got across that barrier, by the way. <laughs> That's one of the experiences. There's a number of them in my book. So, uh, 
on the road with the Ramones. It's in uh, seven languages, by the way. Nice. Now, how 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 often were you guys touring? Was it consistently every year, all around the world? Or yeah, sure. If you look in the back of my book, I list every single show we ever played, and where where we played it, and the dates we played it. That's that was good. That filled up a lot of pages in the book. <laughs> so, so a lot of people. Um, you know, from the outside, we, we hear about the domineering personalities and the internal strife and such that were possibly part of the band life and, you know, being cooped up together on tour and stuff. How, how did you have, did you have to deal with that at all during, uh, during uh, the tours without, how did you do that without snapping? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's part of the job of a, you know, road manager, tour manager. you got to be in the middle of things and take the heat off of it so they don't kill each other, you mm-hmm. know? So that was part of my job, and uh, they played a lot of practical jokes on me instead of themselves, you know? So, you know, if they, would, if they did it to themselves, they'd probably get into a fight. Oh, why'd you do that? They did it to me instead. But that's a part of the job of being a tour manager. Uh, also, I, didn't ha- I, I had to deal with the crazy band, but also a crazy crew, so I doubled my... <laughs> Double your displeasure. With, you know, so... <laughs> So there's a lot of crazy, psychopathic, nutty, weird people running around there that I had to deal with. That's a part of the job of being a tour manager, road manager, production manager, you know? You got to deal with that. What kind of pranks are you talking about? We have to know. What kind of what? What kind of pranks are you saying that they uh, played on you? Oh, you know, they put honey on my handle in my briefcase, or they put they try to get me <laughs> walk in the door with a bucket of water and stuff like that. You know, all the typical, <laughs> typical high school prank stuff, you know what I mean? So another uh, one of one of the things they like to do. We never we we always ordered like uh, bottled beer. We didn't want any pitches of beer. But in the beginning, they bring pitches of beer. Mm-hmm. They like to piss in the beer and <gasps> invite people in and drink the beer. They thought that was a laugh. Johnny Rotten came to our dressing room and drank the beer once. Everybody laughed. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Typical stuff like that. Well, That's why they never had to put the, the pitched beer. Those were only bottles of beer, you know. Or, or, so it was a cautionary like tale. Like bottles. <laughs> Yeah, All right. So, by the way, anybody out there, go, if you go into the dressing room, there's pictures of beer, beware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, Monty, we, is it, there's a rumor out there that Scorsese might make a, a, a biopic on the Ramones. Um, no, you know, you know where that came from? He did that thing, Vinyl, uh, that oh, series. Yeah. yeah. And it, they talked about the, the CBGB and that. Day. Everybody thought he was going to make the movie. It'd be nice. Who would you have? Uh, I, 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 who would you uh, have Edward play Norton, you? Who Ed, would who would Edward be the actor? Norton, Edward Norton. <laughs> Edward Norton. He can play me. I like him. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would that would be amazing. One of the things yeah, that I'd like that. One of the things in your collection that I think is really really great is um, these visa applications um, that you had to fill out. I guess uh, to go to. Italy or wherever it is, but on the no, Japan, 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 Japan. Yeah. on there are some great photos of uh, John Cummings and Jeffrey Hyman and um, Doug and and it's uh, and you. There's a great photo of Monty if you want to check and it Mark, out. Yeah. And Mark, Mark, Mark yeah, Bell. Those are those are passport photos we had to use. And in those days, you had to uh, I had to get all those passports, fill out all the information, get pictures, and go into the consulate in New York and get the visas stamped on the uh, passport so we go into uh, Japan. A lot of countries back then did that 
uh, Australia had to get special visas, uh, Argentina, uh, even back to, way back in the 70s, 80s, France used to have visas for, just for working. You know, when you went into work in the country, they needed special visas. That was also part of the job of tour manager to do that, you know. We had, um, they're, they're a great artifact. It, you know, it just tells a whole story of the Ramones on tour and what Monty had to go through. We, when we sold um, Joey's collection, we sold one of his passports. And it, I was always, always amazed um, as you flipped through the pages on how many stamps and how many countries you guys visited. It's just, it's just. I'd, I'd have to go in all the time and get extra pages added onto the passports all the time because we'd run out of room. These, these particular visa applications are are, are fantastic. Um, one another thing that you have, um, Kath, isn't it? A, it's like a studded glove of Joey's. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a nice piece. And we have a nice yeah. picture of him wearing it too for provenance. Yeah, he used to wear uh, basically. I go buy a, a bunch of um, driving gloves, you know, and cut the fingers off in some of them. Then somebody gave him these studded ones that he wore for a little bit. There were nice on stage. Or, you know, driving around shopping if you want to purchase it. <laughs> I might buy it myself. Yeah, all right. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so what do you think um, the guys would think all these years later, bigger than ever, and you've, you're selling these uh, pieces of memorabilia? What, what would Johnny say if he saw you getting $5,000 for your briefcase? You know, what, what would... I, I think, you know, he was always collector and a seller so he would be okay with it you know he he bought stuff and sold stuff he had a huge also a, a huge uh, movie poster collection i know that johnny didn't care too much about his memorabilia because lammy and you know would trade him for guitars and all kinds of other other things you know um linda ramon uh you know would always tell me those guitars were under my bed Chris, you know, I want them back, <laughs> you know, but they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they, they traded for them. Um, you know, so I, I, and I know that the, the pinhead mask that, 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 um, Pearl Jam has, Eddie has, he just gave that to him. Isn't that right? Or did they, they traded yeah, for yeah. it? Yeah, they were big, they were big, they were, they were friends. So Johnny gave a lot of stuff away to people, his friends that, uh, are collectibles now. So I think he gave that to Eddie. And you would probably know how Johnny would, would feel about it, but he always told Chris that, you know, people were stupid to pay money for Ramon's memorabilia. <laughs> you well, know? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I was closer to Joey than Johnny, and that kind of like alienated me a, a little away from Johnny because he felt I was giving Joey more of a treatment, more of a special attention. But Joey needed it because uh, he was, you know, as everybody knows, he had all his D and his, so I had to like take care of him more than other the other Ramones, you know. And I kind of got jealous on that. So I was I was friendly, more friendly with the other Ramones than Johnny. That's that that's interesting. And 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 tell us about uh, your relationship with Didi because um, we've got one of his bass uh, guitars that you have. Well, Didi lived near me in Queens, so I'd you know be driving in the van extra time with him all the time. Well, <laughs> oh my God, he was a one word is a handful, but there's other words I could say about him. But you know, uh, <laughs> bass was an amazing thing. I mean, he uh, he loved the Fender Precisions, and we we would go through them because he, you know, they they uh, get a leg uh, full of sweat and wear out. We went through a bunch of Fenders, and then when he got an endorsement from ESP Guitars, 
uh, had an old, uh, couple of old fed, uh, fenders laying around and I sold one to this Barry, Barry and he got us 150 bucks Wow! back then. Wow. <laughs> so, and also another base I had that was used that I owed the truck driver like 500 bucks and I gave him, uh, uh, the, the last fender base that sold. And he sold it for five thousand dollars, and then the guy after him sold it for like thirty thousand dollars. Oh my! So everybody's kicking themselves the, 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 down the line there. You know why did I get rid of it? Why did I get rid of it? You know. <laughs> but Barry, Barry's had this this base. Barry's had this base since I gave it to him back in the God the eighties. Wow! So he's that's a that's a that's been sitting there unused for all those years, and you know there's pictures of Didi playing that base, and that's what's the last Fender base Didi played. And he he modified his bases, right? There's some kind of on the pickup. What did he do? What did he do to that pickup? Well, a lot a lot of the pickups, the earlier ones, he would sweat into them. So we we the the earlier ones, we had to kind of uh, caulk around the pickups. That's about the only modification, and and then uh, tape around the where the straps went. But otherwise, he didn't do much to the base, you know. Well, the the yeah. one the one. Yeah. The one we sold for the big money is currently. I just saw it when I was in Las Vegas. It's at the Hard Rock uh, Cafe in the in the bar there. So um, check that 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 DD base. Uh, and, and like I said, we've got one in our we've got one in our sale. You guys were together all the time, and even now, years later, the whole community of the Ramones with Linda and you and uh, you, you guys still seem to be so tight-knit and, and, and friends, uh, or you just, you have these bonds with each other. You know, how, how do you, how, how do you explain that, Monty? Oh, it's kind of like a, a hairsatz marriage. You know, you know somebody so long, you, you know, they're like family. So you try to keep in touch with the family. And people ask me, you know, like John, the Johnny and Joey business, uh, fighting and hating each other. I mean, there was, I mean, that's a rock and roll story about girlfriends switching jumping from one person to another. I mean, that's no new, new news. But the reason they stayed together, what they, they, the music was more important. So they just, you know, didn't talk a lot to each other. It wasn't as bad as people make out to it. I mean, they didn't go to blows. Otherwise, they were broken up. They realized they, they didn't want to fight. So they avoided each other over the, the later years. But I mean, how many matches last 20 years? I mean, Johnny and Joe are together from the beginning to the end, you know, so they realized the music was more important than uh, killing each other over stupid, stupid things, you know? That's why they stuck together. Yeah, I mean, and you, you see, well, you, like, as you said, that, that happens all the time. I mean, we have songs like Layla to talk about it, and we have, you know, the Kinks, and we have Oasis, and we have all sorts of bands that try and rise above their... Uh, right. squabbling to keep the music going. So, yeah, we, we right. get it. That's the important thing, really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm a musician myself. You know, I have two albums out on Warner Brothers Reprise. You know that, Bobby? Did yeah, you know yeah. Right? You, you sure shared that so with back me. back in 71, 72. So I know what it's like when you step on stage and you're playing and you're getting the feedback from the audience. You get That's a high. There's a high there. That's why musicians, when they come off stage, they, they want to keep that going. They go to drugs or alcohol. I mean, it's amazing high. So that's why they stuck together. When they went out on stage and they got that feedback from the remote fans, it's amazing stuff, you know. That's why they stayed together. A lot of groups took it out. and then, Like, look at the Rolling Stones, for God's sakes. I mean, you know. <laughs> After the end of the Ramones, Monty, what did, did you stay in the music business? What, 
Yeah, you know, I worked with uh, other groups, uh, Degeneration and Paul Winter and uh, Ronnie Spector. I worked with her a little bit. How is Ronnie Spector? I've always I've always been a a big oh, amazing, amazing. She's just uh, she's still amazing. If you ever get a chance to see her, go see her shows. It's so terrific. Does she tour? Yeah, she's out there. Not not touring, but she does like Christmas time shows and uh, little things here and there. Well, you let us know if she gets up near Boston because I would I would yeah, love, to, yeah. love to go see her. I loved her comment yeah. when she did that song with Eddie Money, and she said, "Like it's been decades later, and I'm still singing the same words I sang the first time I recorded a song." She did that yeah. "Take Me Home Tonight" with uh, Eddie Money. Yeah, she, she does a Johnny Thunder song. You can't take your you can't put your arms around a memory. She does that, and Joey wrote songs for her, a couple of songs for her. Hmm. They were good friends, Joey and Ronnie. That's how I got involved with her. Afterwards, so, at the Ramones talk. They were good friends. So so we heard about this phenomena, uh, phenomenon, if you will, uh, called No Melnicks. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> all right. Well, that's, <laughs> all right. That was a joke that the, the crew, the road crew, one day I walked into the backstage in the crew room. They had a sign, No Melnicks, in the room. And I couldn't go into the crew room. Oh, that was funny. Then all of a sudden, uh, in clubs, they started writing on the walls and the ceilings and stuff. So people were going to clubs and see my name, No Melix, up on the ceiling. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> the band got a kick out of that because there was, you know, there was spoofing me. They liked it so much, they actually put it in uh, their video, one of their videos. You know, the, the, the Times Square sign where the ball drops down, there's a big sign on Times Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in one of the videos, they actually paid to put it up. It flashes No Melix <laughs> in the middle of the video of it. Oh, That's man. fine with me. Take the joke out on me. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, does the briefcase that uh, that you're that you're selling does that does that have any residual honey on it that we we want to we want to promote in the in the auction or? <laughs> This the case like, is sold already. We right? sold, yeah, we sold that previously, but no, we did. I, I, okay. <laughs> I didn't notice any honey on it. But oh, that's, all right. That's pretty good. That was a pretty good gag they pulled on on Monty. So, well, this is Monty. This has been great. Um, we really are grateful that you you have entrusted us with your collection. I think it's important that um, these things get out of your closet into the hands of of people that will love them and curate them and take care of them. Um, because yeah, it's, you know you guys, you guys do a great job. Hey, y'all, I saw RR stuff for for rock and roll auction house. That, not RR stuff. Nice you know, rock yeah, and R- Ramones auction house, man. <laughs> you know, what is it? What is it? Right, right. What did you say in the beginning? Right and rare and remarkable. Rare and remarkable. Oh, now I know. I always thought it was rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's all things. We were, we, yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> we, we we were worried it was railroad when I first got there, so. You know, oh, I mean, you guys do a great job. I'm happy to be this is my what my fifth or sixth auction with you or something like that. Yeah, yep. Uh, it sure it sure is, and we're really happy we can uh, provide that service to you and to the whole Ramones family. Um, you know, we have relationships with everyone, so it's uh, it, it's pretty special that we have a bond um, with you, Monty, and the band. And as I as I said when we first started, you know, you guys used to come to us and buy, and so we're grateful that. You, you've entrusted us with your things. Excellent. It's pretty cool that it's come full circle like that. From them stopping yeah. by here to, you know, us having some of their great memorabilia too, so. All right, Monty. Well, the auction ends on December 14th. There's about 50 lots that belong to Monty and the sale, so come to our website, rrauction.com. 
and and bid and win and and get a real true authentic piece of Ramon's memorabilia. So thank you, Monty. Yeah, Monty, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Well, gaba gaba hey. Gaba gaba hey. Mm-hmm.